0: each other, other, harmony with each other, other, and not letting the man maneuver us into fighting one another. As long as we practice brotherhood among ourselves, and then others who want to practice brotherhood with us, work for that. But I don't think that we should run
1: around trying to love somebody who doesn't love us. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Ranch Raised and BS Episode Seven. I'm your host Jason White. Got my boys T Harvey, the Fat Man, and Jeffrey Gasson, aka the Angriest Man in Swag. How y'all gentlemen doing this evening?
2: We're doing good, Slinky.
1: We are great. Uh, we all <laughs> want to. That, that's what's up. Love y'all too. All right. Now, before we get into tonight's show, we want to send a special shout out to all the nurses, doctors, scientists, researchers, first responses that's fighting for us in COVID-19 right now. just want to let y'all listeners know that y'all are doing a hell of a job keeping us safe. All right. Let's get right down to it. We have a great lineup tonight, a lot of things to discuss. So we're going to kick it right off with a TV show called Undisputed. So obviously everybody's aware of the comments that Drew Brees recently said, but he had a phone conversation with Shannon Sharp on for the weekend, I believe. So we're gonna start off with that. So T Harvey and Jeff, you guys are great fans of the show. So I'm gonna let y'all kick off uh this topic. So who wants to take it on first?
2: I defer to my colleague.
1: Okay, Jeffrey Cass. Okay. Cool. Go um, ahead.
0: I, <laughs> I um, I wasn't surprised that Shannon Sharp spoke with Drew Brees. Um, one of the things I appreciate about Shannon Sharp, he he takes nonsense head on and he's completely honest about it. Um, and I so I do appreciate the fact that he did reach out to, to uh Drew Brees. Um. I guess the only thing that I didn't necessarily care for in that conversation was not so much Shannon Sharp giving him the time of day to explain himself, but almost the acceptance of an apology. Um, I understand just from a professional standpoint where Shannon Sharp was coming from, but I never felt like, even in Drew Brees' apology. I never felt like he meant what he said in his apology. Drew Brees showed us who he was. Um, And Shannon Sharp just being the type of TV host that he is, and just the uh, personality that he shows us, um, I definitely understand. It's just a thing of giving people chances, especially after them showing 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 who they are um so I, and that's not to say that shannon sharp didn't get, give drew Brees drew Brees great advice because i really think he did. you know you know you do have to give it some time and when you do apologize the apology is not really about the apology it's about the action after the apology and so um do i think drew Brees will be forgiven by most of his fan fan base absolutely i do especially um most saints fans that i know um not saying they turn the other cheek but when football season rolls around guess what they want to root for their team and they want to root for their guy at quarterback so i definitely understand it's just we're as a society i believe that we're too quick. Not so much forgive, but forget. And <clears throat> you know, in a situation like this, I don't even, I won't say that. It's its not up to me to for, forgive him because I never felt like I was oblivious to what Drew Brees believed in. So I don't have an issue with so much the apology. I just really just have an issue with Others that will pretty much sweep under the rug what he said. So you know, but I, I still appreciate Shannon Sharp because you know he's he's honest, he's bluntly and brutally honest. I just you know, I'm just not falling for the nonsense. So
1: all right, see Harvey, the floor is yours.
2: All right, now. I like you, Jeff, when it comes to Drew Brees' apology. I think that a lot of the people who who cried outrage from his statement were so quick and easily to, um, I'm going to put this in air quotes, uh, forgive him. Um, The fact is, in that apology, and I've been on the record saying this, like, I, I don't give that apology any kind of weight. I don't give it any kind of clout or anything like that. I just think he he said what he had to say to get the fire off his back. Like, you know, just imagine (laughs) you on fire and you don't care what kind of liquids (laughs) you use to put it out, right? So, (laughs) that's what I think about his apology. Now, um, just look at, like, Michael Thomas, how quick that apology Drew Brees gave and which I don't think was uh, an effective apology because it didn't address anything that he said previously. You know, he he apologized for causing other people to feel the way they feel, but he apologized for really what he said. Like, uh, you know, so – and I'm like you. uh, I got into – uh, discussion with someone about Drew Brees the other week. And I said the same thing. I said, you know, it ain't about whether I forgive him or not. Like, you know, it ain't a, a topic of forgiveness for me. He said what he said. And I said, I wanted him to stand by and stuff like it's your apology that, that you ain't really behind or you don't feel like you're behind. You know, you're just saying it just to get the fuck off your back. I'd rather him just stick by his comments. And you know it wouldn't have been nothing for forgive or anything like that because yeah, man, feel how you feel. At least I know. But right. it wasn't until he issued that statement to Trump, where I found like I found a lot of heavy, um, I found some, a uh, nature substance in that one where he issued that statement to Trump, telling him that you know, it is not about the flag. Uh, we can no longer use the flag to turn the people away or to distract them from the real issues that face our black community. Now, that statement he made to Trump, I, you know, I if I was, if I had a problem which I say needed to forgive him, again, I'm air quoting, um, that statement would have did it for me because so many people are performing these, these empty actions these days. You know, it's yeah. look at look at Capital Hill. These folks wearing Kente Claus <laughs> nearly down oh, okay. in the capital. Like we black people we don't black people Absolutely. we don't care that about is. that. What, what's that doing for do us? <laughs> we don't. We want you to institute policies to prevent what's happening from happening again. That's what we want. That that That's goes true. ten times more than you just throwing on some Kente Cloth for kneeling. Yeah. I'm taking a
0: knee.
2: Come, Come on, man. So we so we've been
0: taking a knee uh for how long? Or peacefully protesting long so now yeah just it's monster. just
2: like a clown show. That's yeah. how it comes yeah. across. You're like a clown yeah. show. Right? And it ain't just them, it's a lot of people perform all these empty acts, but we ain't seeing real action. I wanna see real action. I wanna see policies that being brought forward. I want to see the effort in those positives the same way you uh, give an effort to calm down the PR storm or to get some PR points. Because at the end of the day, I think all that kneeling, the Kente Club, all that, they think, they think it'll make them sympathetic to get more black votes. Yes. yes. I mean, you know, if it, if it does, and good for them, but at the same time, we can't fall for it. Now I'm not saying to hold our votes like these idiots. I'm not saying to hold our votes like these idiots, but that's where they are. Anybody who's talking about hold your vote, you know, is idiots. Okay. But that's another another day. Uh, well, probably you for that. later on in this podcast. But yeah, that that was stuck <laughs> out for me. Like I I, I could care less about the apologies, Drew Brees, issues. The only thing i really took substance in was that a statement to Trump because that wasn't just something to get the fire off his back. You know, that's something that's somewhat that's taking action. You know. So I with that, you know, I can say Drew Brees is you know, he he's back on the right track. I would say that. Okay, and just to just to um give a rebuttal
0: I you you are absolutely right. I can say that he's wanting to put himself back on the right track. I would definitely mm-hmm. agree with that. His in his statement uh <clears throat> to Donald Trump. Um and 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 when I read it, I said, okay. I said, we'll see. You know, I said we'll see a month from now, two months from now, we'll really see when that football season starts. You know, and so I'm just kind of on this wait and see, in particular with Drew Brees. But you know, I'll I'll do what I can to give him the benefit of the doubt. But the apology, go, just going back to that. uh okay. I, I don't. I don't. I really. I didn't need that. But the statement to Trump. Okay, we'll see what you. We'll see what you do after that. Moving forward. Yeah.
2: I have a a question. All right, it's kind of ties okay. to uh, this stuff with Drew Brees and all that. In a way, um, like when I talk about the people on Capitol Hill, uh, they need to participate through actions. How do you feel about this defund the police? Mm.
0: Um. Let me, excuse me, let me say it sounds good. I think it's a a good idea, but I don't know if it's realistic yeah. because defunding the police means you're going to have to fund something. So where is that money? Well, what they're talking money? about is like
2: giving those funds to the black, the communities and the neighborhoods around them, like, you know, community programs, let's say Boys and Girls, Girls Club and things like that they talking about that, that would
0: be that that would that would that would be great and i'm and I kind of figured that's what it was pertaining to but my yeah. only my only hesitance would be would it really go there you know and i I know that we have certain you know we have these politicians that make these choices, but I just don't want it to come out where you've actually defunded the police. But then you find out a politician has pocketed some money or, <laughs> you know, or misappropriated funds somewhere yeah. where they weren't supposed to go. So that's really my only hesitation. It would, There would have to be a, a set of guidelines and money would have to be accounted for and books would have to be legit Um, I, as far as like where this money would go. Go ahead. I think it's pointless.
3: Okay. Okay.
2: Because I think they're missing the point of all of this. The point that everybody's. This ain't about defunding the police. This is about holding them accountable for the things that they do. I, I totally agree. I agree with that. We, we need measures that ensure that they have consequences for when they go rogue like this. And for those officers, just the yeah. same for the to officers. Like, if you are yeah. part of it, then you will be party to the charge as well. And, now, yeah. and, now, and um I think that should be like a registry, the same way they have these registries for mm-hmm. the child sex offenders. They should have a registry for the uh, cops, so they don't go get the chance to get fired somewhere else and go all the way across the country and get another job as a cop. Mm-hmm. And we don't know where they. are. It's a great idea,
0: and the yeah. thing—the thing about defunding too—and I really, because I, I really hadn't had a chance to think about what defunding really means. um, Not so much what it means, but because I get, you know, taking money out. But I mean, honestly, if you do defund the police, does that mean less police on the streets? Does it just mean less in their paychecks? Policemen already feel like how teachers feel, that we're yeah. underpaid. You know, yeah. so it's like, if you do defund them, you're already creating a Negative stigma of well cops don't get paid enough and in a lot of cases they don't in most cases they don't you know so and, and and you're absolutely right as far as that argument of defunding I mean is defunding really going to make police officers better than what they already are no you know that's the thing we just we want equality. We want justice. We want to be treated properly. If defunding isn't going to help police officers treat Black civilians properly, there's no point of it. Yeah, and I don't. I don't know. I don't care how much training you have as a police officer. You can have up up the wazoo training while you're on the job. If you don't know how to treat a person, just morally, you don't yeah. need to be a police officer. It ain't got nothing to do with taking money away from you.
2: exactly. So all right, Jason White, back to you. Well
1: um I think overall that actually actually I was that was gonna be a repeat of what y'all just said because y'all hit the, y'all hit the nails on the head with that with those comments all right uh we'll move on to our next topic here um so basically Roger Goodell who's the NFL commissioner uh came out with an apology and pretty much um didn't mention Colin Kaepernick, which um, there are some people out there that felt that his apology was, you know, complete BS and didn't mean anything. So I want to get your thoughts on that, and I'll go ahead and kick this one off. Um, I feel that it's just funny to me because I, I kind of said this last week that, you know, Roger Goodell has the power to, you know, to, to make – you know, certain rules and regulations in in the in the NFL. And for him to apologize and basically say, you know, we didn't listen to, you know, we didn't listen to the, you know, athletes that were protesting and and everything else with that, you know, this is a, you know, a result of, you know, something that not the not the George Floyd incident, but, you know, maybe the movement and the stand that black athletes took regardless if it was kneeling or, you know, not coming out, you know, for the national anthem, whatever the case may be, you know, we're given a platform and we take advantage of it. And the fact that you just ignore it. And then not only that, you don't mention Colin Kaepernick's name at all. And I just feel that the NFL at this point, they're, they're doing a disservice now Everybody was poking fun at Colin Kaepernick when for the whole workout thing and what they felt like he, he you know, caused that for himself. But at the same time, the fact that all this is going on and you've got, you know, people saying, you know, mention his name, they're making it together is because he was trying to, you know, he was absolutely 100% right. And I believe that he does, He there's no doubt that he should be in the NFL. He could probably be the starter on a handful of teams but as far as the lead trying to make it right for him that's that's actually a close call in my opinion
2: okay well my thoughts on that uh I mean, you, yeah you did wrap up right <laughs> Okay, my thoughts on that is uh, basically the same thing we talked about earlier. It's another apology. <laughs> it's another apologies, another empty action, another empty words. Excuse me, another set of empty words without acting. behind. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. I mean, it's just like the NFL. They, they they said to themselves, "How can we do the least possible to acquire a good PR?" Yeah. Okay, we can apologize. <laughs> if they apologize. Right? Yeah. When yeah. they already knew he was right, they just didn't care. All the yeah. they cared about is um, how much money it was going to cost them from sponsors, from ads, and from support from their president. Yeah, and you know I can't blame Roger Goodell for this because, uh, you know, as as my boy Shannon Sharp, I always say he said he's a shield for the owners because the owners hire him to represent, yeah. basically represent them, and that's what he does. Right. You know, so it's, it's these owners. They don't care. They knew they knew what Colin Kaepernick was um, dealing for. But, you know, like I, I think I said on the podcast last week, people would do anything to steer the conversation about what things really are in order to suit their needs. And that's exactly what the NFL did. That's what they continue to do. You know, um, that's why, you know, they didn't mention his name in there. So how am I supposed to take any kind of positive to, to apologize to the player about the stamp when they can't apologize to the person who started the movement himself? So if you can't do that, then that means you just basically out here just talk. Yep. You know, so I, I it's like it's like you kept me caged up for four years. Okay. Then I finally get free. And you still, you just say, oh, I'm sorry. We shouldn't have did that without even mentioning my name. I mean, what weight does that hold? You know, but it's it's what we expect. The NFL has a plantation mentality. All these owners with their big stadiums, and they get the taxpayers to pay for, which I find is a travesty. These billionaires now. (laughs) They should have to pay for their own state. Yeah. yeah like, they really should. If, if if I want to go and build me a house in Florida, what did I have to do? I had to go to the bank and get a loan in my name. Correct? So why do these people who own these teams, they make profit off of the, off of the money from the teams. They make profit off of the building. Why do we have to pay for their stadiums when they can afford to buy it? They can afford to take a loan and have these stadiums built. And the revenue they generate from the stadium, they can pay that loan back in less than a year. Yep. So, you know, it, it's a, a plantation mentality. You know, they sit up in their stadium, which is the plantation, and they use all these NFL players like they're slaves. Yeah. They don't even pay them. They don't even want to pay them. You give them contracts, which ain't contracts, cause contract you you yeah. know means that you know you can't break it, but you have a contract, but you can cut them at any time and don't have to pay them. What you said you gonna pay them in the contract? Yep, yeah. that's, that's, that's crazy. it's crazy. I've always found that absurd. Ever since I came of age to understand, you know, contract law, I, I took um, I took business law classes in college and things like that, and I like so. How did the NFL get away with this stuff? Like it's, it's just crazy, and these idiot players, <laughs> idiot rep, Damari Smith—they need to get rid of him. They they should have they should
0: have they should have got rid of him about three four years ago.
2: They, they should have got rid of him after that last deal. Like they yeah, get, that, yes, you're right, you're right. Yes, <laughs> they see him accepting all this bare minimum and stuff like that. And the owners—they smart man. You know they they know exactly what to hit him. All right, we won't find you for smoking weed. Oh, oh, nigga. <laughs> hell yeah, that's fine. Man. <laughs> they go I play they football. That up. Yeah, they don't care about that now. Yeah. But you know, it's just crazy. This is crazy like and a lot of them use it for pain management. And um, you know, they don't even want to get them lifetime health benefits and things like that. and but it, it's just it's absurd. It's just absurd uh so
0: for me this is actually a rant and the and bs portion of the show
2: yes sir and
0: it's if so what's the point of an apology if you're not going to directly apologize to the person that this affected the most who the reason why the NFL is being talked about in the off season and the reason why the nFL i and I totally get it the NFL is the most popular sport in America, so you're gonna find a way to always talk about the nFL but outside of talking about what players are doing or or contracts you're talking to, you've been talking about Colin Kaepernick for the last four years, and you can't even say his name in an apology yeah. in an apology and then have the nerve to say. The players were right to kneel. Duh, that has, that goes without saying.
3: So it, it's like
0: you're you're telling me that in that in America's Constitution that says you have the right to peacefully protest. You turn around four years later and say, "Oh, the players were right." No shit, Sherlock. So it's it's like why even apologize? What's what's the point of it? You know, what's the point of the commissioner making a statement and it, getting on? And like you said, Terrence, the the owners are protected by the uh, commissioner, and you know, and not really, Terrence, not really so much to get on the Cowboys owner, even though oh, I know get on like, him. Shots at him,
2: get on him, you
0: know. <laughs> it's, it's like we we know that the probably the most two powerful owners in the league are Jerry Jones and Robert Kraft for New England. Yeah, it, it's this is so stupid. That this is stupid that the 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 uh, commissioner who represents the league who always wants to protect the shield. I get it because that's the, and that's the thing. The three of us. What about us? Do we know? We all love our football and we do you know but i really almost gotten to the point to where i'm just like you know what football is almost not even worth it because they are literally they have literally made individuals lose their jobs like you said you can cut them at the drop of a dime without paying them or you can cut them at the drop of a drop of a dime without paying them what they signed up for Um, and, and so it's just, you know, Jerry Jones is full of it. Robert Kraft is full of it. Majority of the owners are full of it. You know, I still go back to when Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, the, the need that they took as a team before the national anthem, which was one of the most absurd things that I had ever seen (laughs) on television in my life. What was the point of taking a knee before the anthem, only to stand together, arm in arm, to I, listen I, to I the remember, national anthem? I remember
2: that just like it was yesterday. I was watching the game. I seen that. I like, and I posted on Facebook. I said, "Okay, Jerry, I see you." You know, mm-hmm. and then later on the game, they showed like they stand up for the now. I, I said. So wait a minute. They took a knee before the, <laughs> before the anthem. <laughs> so yes. like. Man, I went back and found it, man. I said, what the hell? And I just erased <laughs> that. I'm like, damn, Jerry Jones, man. Yeah. you made you look foolish without you. yeah, <laughs> It was so stupid.
0: Yeah, and, and I remember that because I think that was actually on my birthday. And I had posted it. And I was like, there's no point of taking a knee <laughs> uh, before the anthem. And the thing that I always hated about this Kneeling, not so much the not the kneeling itself, but those teams who, those, those teams or those players that were protesting, when teams started coming out in quote unquote solidarity, mm-hmm. what are you coming in solidarity about? I mean, y'all are a team, so what are you standing up against? Are you standing up against police brutality, or are you just standing up for each other, letting the world know as a team we have each other's back? That's what you're supposed to do because you're a team. So don't yeah. come to me. Don't don't come to me with no foolishness talking about we're standing together in solidarity. That's Duh. Nice. That's what a team is supposed to do. <laughs> like so. I, that was just so dumb to me. And <laughs> I, honestly, I re- what I really want the NFL to do. Um, I, I really don't think they should make teams even come out for the national anthem anymore. I, I just think they just need to. Have them stay in the locker room. Um, my boy, uh, because go ahead, Rob Parker.
2: Yeah, my boy, I, my boy, Rob Parker. Go. because I was about to go there, but go ahead, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You take, go ahead, take it. I ain't know so, you' going to go there. So, so
0: Rob Parker, you know, he basically said he said just do away with the national anthem altogether, mm. and they should. That's a great idea, only because guess what? Like Rob Parker also said, change can be good. Why Why do we stand for the National Anthem as Black people? And I know that's a whole nother argument for a whole nother day. But they do need to do away with it. Because if if these players are going to be kneeling, if majority of the players are going to be kneeling, Rob Parker said it, people are going to pay attention to who's not kneeling. And to me, he was spot on. And because it's like if those are going to... That's going to create dialogue, and it's going to create questions of, okay, does he not um, stand for Black Lives Matter? Is he racist? It's just going to be a lot of different things yeah. um, that people might start presuming or assuming
2: about another
0: player or people in the stands.
2: My boy Rob Parker be on point anyway, man. Oh, I don't even know why well, you taking it right Terrence. I said, my boy Rob Parker be on point in a way. Oh, you know why you surprised?
0: Let me tell you something. I don't really, I don't have an issue with <laughs> Rob Parker. Most of the points that he has, I agree with. I think, <laughs> I, I think he can be a little out there sometimes, but for the most part, you know, he, he's, he's logical. He's logical in his thinking.
2: You agree? You agree with everything he said about him? There.
0: I plead the fifth. <laughs> when he when he starts talking, when he starts talking about Atlanta I, I stop listening funny. to him then so
1: so he so he can be right about everything else but when he talk about your city that that's when you just tone out huh i didn't say he was right about everything else i just decided to tune him out when he starts talking about
3: Atlanta
1: i don't want to face it i can be honest about that yeah oh, oh we know that <laughs> All right. Well, moving on to next topic that we have, and, and I, I can't wait to hear about this one because I got plenty to say on this. So we have Deshaun Watson, quarterback of the Houston Texans, and DeAndre Hopkins uh, now with the Arizona Cardinals. So both of these guys went to Clemson University in uh, college, and now they're starting a petition to have – a name, John C. Calhoun name removed um, from the university. So T Harvey, go ahead and kick that one off. Tell me how you feel about that. And what's your feeling?
2: I'm glad I'm glad you started at me, man. Cause I thought it was so stupid. I mean the whole thing. It was, it was like stupid to me. All right. You talking about, you know, you talking about there's a reason why he don't never say Clemson's name on uh, inter- the introductions in the NFL. That's what Hawkins said.
1: Okay.
2: said. He said. He said he was so bothered by Clemson's use of the, uh, the Calhoun's name at the university that he don't feel comfortable representing the school during NFL introductions. And he also said that he felt uncomfortable while he was there. He felt this oppressive figure uh, during his time at Clemson and purposely do not mention the university's name before NFL games. Okay. Okay. So I feel it's stupid because if it was such an oppressive figure during your time there, why not transfer? Well. Obviously, obviously if you felt that strongly about it, why, why, why are you coming out with this now? Last time he was at Clemson was 2012. That's he was there from 2010 to 2012. Yeah. How can we just not hearing this now? It's 2020. If it was such a big issue, how come we say nothing about it then? See, this is stuff that get me. Okay. Now I understand. I, I think my cousin wrote when I mentioned this on Facebook. He said, okay, because when you 15, 18, 19. You ain't thinking about that yeah. stuff. Okay, I get that. I understand that. But he's grown now. And I'm, I'm glad, you know, he's using his platform to do this. But why not use that same platform to tell your young fans or people who look up to you that maybe you should research yeah. the university that you go to. Like, part of that university was built on a plantation. Right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That, I mean, that's true. So, why not encourage students instead of doing all this backtracking stuff like this and that, changing the name. Okay, yeah, wow. You can change the name of the building, but it still don't change the history of the history of the spot where the building that It was a plantation. So, instead, why don't you use your platform to encourage uh, athletes, especially the black athletes, or even students, black students, period, to research the schools that they plan on attending, and research their history on racism and racist, race, co- racist, excuse me, racist culture. Or, uh, and why not even just encourage them to attend HBCUs where they know they won't have to deal with that kind of history? That's my thing. I just I, I find it like stupid. Like, of all the things that we could be talking about and trying to change, we talking about Clemson. I'll play <laughs>
1: –
2: Can, right, can just, I go next? Y'all go ahead. Go, go ahead, Jason. You're okay.
1: okay. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm not going to lie. When when I first heard about, heard about this, I just thought that both of these guys were just trying to get attention. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's like – okay, so my <laughs> take on it is this. You had DeAndre Hopkins who played until 2012 and Deshaun Watson was there to what, 20, 2017, I think, or whatever. 16, yeah. So, so yeah, my thing yeah. is you go to university, you play three, four years, whatever the case may be, is, and you're telling me during that time you had no idea that something like this – something like this existed. Now, if, if this had gone on while they was at Clemson playing, I would have given them a lot more credit. But the fact that they're gone, you know, and they're in the NFL, and now it's like, oh, you know, I I, I just feel like they, they're just trying to get attention, you know, to show that they're trying to make a change from what's going on. And I'm not knocking on them for that, but my thing is, When you go to university and you play, you're representing the university. It's like, you know, like they're asking you like NFL draft. They're asking you questions about your college coaches, like, you know, campus life, whatever the case may be. So it's like you say all the good things, but then but then in the back of your mind, you know, you're, you're telling yourself this, this and that, whatever. Like these guys could have transferred if they if they had wanted to. But the fact that they just stayed and they played and all this, I I just think that they were, you know, trying to get attention. Now, it's funny that this came up because I was reading an article um, not that long ago at Yale University in 2017. They had the exact same name removed from a dorm. Wow. Mm -hmm. In the name of John C. Calhoun and Clemson's built on, you know, on, on, you know, that plantation and everything else. So any, so anybody that goes there, you know, that is black. I mean, that's something that, you know, if, even if they didn't know whatever the case may be, it's like what T.R. just said, know your history of where you go. But at the same, at the same time though, don't be fake or phony when it comes, like when you, like you, when, when people ask you where you went to school, what you going to tell them? You went, you went to the, other major university in South Carolina or something like that, at, at least be proud to bring up where you went. You know, the circumstances may have been bad, whatever the case may be, but at least show at least show ownership. And I didn't even know that oh, was even say Clemson until until they brought it up. I would pay attention to that next time because the majority majority of those guys you see when they bring it up, you know, they met, they mention high school or, you know, May oh, not yeah. rest, whatever
3: the case may be, but even if you went to university at
2: least show them some love <laughs> yep. yeah, i mean I, I you know I don't necessarily agree with that i I think it, it ain't about showing the universal love I think it's about you Just know you went to them you you <laughs> Yeah, you just be on it. You went there. They gave you, they gave you scholarship money to play there. And you did everything you could to bring glory to them, to them. So, you know, yeah, stand in. You chose to go there. You continue to do that. So you stand by that. And then, and not only that, you don't have to mention <laughs> that you went to Clemson. Everybody else is going to do it for you. Everybody else is going to it. So, what's the point? And, and speaking of Clemson, wait, right, talk, I wait, want to talk a little you bit. Go, so
0: because I was going to go
2: there, but what?
0: You're 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 fine. So, oh, I'm sorry. So Jason, I'm so going Jason to kind of piggyback My, off of what you were gonna... saying, you know, I get where you're coming from about showing the school love, and I don't, I don't agree with that completely, but I get why you say that because that's where you went. You were you were shown love while you were there. You represented the school. Stand in it. Be proud of you were proud when you were there. Now you're not proud of them. Uh, Hopkins, six, seven, eight years later, or Watson, three, four years later. You're really telling me you're not proud that you won a national championship for them? Okay. I'm, so my 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 two cents is, <laughs> and and I'm gonna try to keep this real quick and short. But these niggas lying. And. The reason, the reason why I say that, I think about when, I think about when we were in school together. I'm not gonna sit here and say that we knew everything about our dorms that we lived in, or you know, certain halls that we went to for classes. But you kind of did research on accident. You know, there were times, or you you found out about your buildings or certain landmarks you know we got landmarks all over Alabama state so oh. it you those landmarks they have yeah. a little history or a story behind it right where that spot is represented so to for hopkins and and Watson to say that I guess you said they they started a petition yeah uh, they that, like five thousand signatures on yeah. it so far i and you I really don't have a problem with that because Hindsight is definitely twenty twenty, and when you are, you know, and Terrence, you said, you brought up the point, when you're 17, 18, 19, you don't really know. That's all fine and good, but like you also said, do your research before going. I had it in my mind before I even chose Alabama State that I was going to an HBCU, and not so much just because my parents went to, HBC, to an HBCU, but that helped my decision. Mm-hmm. And and but it uh, it was also me saying I don't want to go to UGA because Athens and I'm scared of racist people and you know you're talking about Clemson, South Carolina. You're talking about probably one of the most racist cities, <laughs> definitely states in this nation. Now you want to have a, a moral compass and a conscience? Now nah, you you miss me with that. You know, Deshaun Watson. Um, you were a proud young player when you almost beat Alabama in that first year you played them, but, but you were even more proud when you finally did get over the hump and beat them. Don't tell me that. You were glad to represent Clemson, and guess why you also wanted to go to Clemson? You probably were, was on a full scholarship, both of you. So stand in it, you know, and that's the thing. Yeah. I've always felt like everybody has a price, but you're talking about a 17-year-old senior in high school or a 16-year-old junior, and you're getting offers from University of South Carolina, University of Clemson, UGA, Florida, Florida State. You're going to choose one of them. Why? They're offering you to go to school for free and play a a sport that you love. Like like y'all said, if you told me Mm -hmm. you, you found this out after you first stepped foot on this campus, you could have transferred or you okay, you may not want to step on any toes because you're young, but talk to people around you, talk to your classmates, talk to a black student coalition that may be at your school. There are ways to get certain things out to get changed while you're there and not six years later or, or three years later. No, nah, man. No. Nah. Kill kill me with that, man. I'm 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 over that that stuff. You know, stand in it. You represented the school. Um Hopkins, you were great while you were there. Watson, you won a title or two, whatever. No, you won one. Uh I forgot Lawrence just won a uh title year before last whatever. But you know, no, just just stand in it. Y'all represent the school, keep representing your school, but you can also represent that school while making changes. Mm-hmm. But now
2: go ahead, Terrence. I'm sorry, yeah. Because <laughs> I want to get on that scum. I want to get on that scumbag too. Yeah. um... Well, <laughs> I want to go back on your point. Like, I was about Okay, we have a place going uh, called Bill Gray's Hall. and that's named after uh, notorious Racist and thing like that. Uh, and we knew it the whole time. Um, but no, uh, I'm not renouncing Alabama State, <laughs> you know. I mean, it mean, I just find the whole concept like right? totally because, like you said, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you're supposed to go there, you got a free education there. So, yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's moot. But yes, sir, let's talk about this scumbag 100. At 100, damn devil. He's definitely in my top five. Bastard, sure, top Sweeney. Three. Yeah, like, this dude, he always been like a ultimate scumbag, he, and, and he's so arrogant and you know, that he oh, wore yeah. this football matter shirt. Like, and the thing about it is, to me, like, I'm more upset and him, now, uh, two times, three, five yeah, times more than that. Drew Brees. Uh, I mean, Drew Brees, he said, you know, what he said. You know, I really mm. – I didn't expect anything different from him, honestly. You know, I mean, I, and granted, I don't expect nothing on like this dumbass either, dumbass Dabo Sweeney. Either, but the fact is, he Dabo Sweeney, he did this with, with, to me, hating his heart. Matters in his heart, yeah, just to throw back at it. And they he else. just wants to try to call it something else, that's what he did it for. He did it on purpose, yeah. He want to try to call it something else, and you know, he wants to, and he got to deflect it about the topic and everything else because you know, he can't relate. Uh, you know, they talk about it on first, uh, excuse me, hey, first date, man, hard, it? So, um, <laughs> undisputed. They were talking about it. Mm-hmm. He lives in his perfect little bubble and thing like that. Dabo Sweeney yeah. is the antithesis yeah. of white privilege. If you if you, you got white and privilege and it had a picture next to it, you should have that yeah. scumbag Double Sweeney right down there. Mm. Kind of, you know that little smug look on his face with his eyes yeah. barely open. I can't stand to look at. Him, you know, and you get up there grandstanding on the press conference where you're really yeah. talking about nothing. Yeah. just all over the place babbling. Damn. <laughs> I mean, you know, to be so arrogant and try to tell your players that they, they shouldn't go should uh, this protest and do a sit-in and things like that. How, like, you know, and the fact that the players actually sat down and listened to it. You know? Because he, he wanted to make everything about football, so he, he wanted to go into the, the kitchen, uh, the parents' houses, and so they talk about how he's going to change their life, and how he formed and things like that, but he formed to the extent for what they can do for him. Yeah, he, he about the same as Jerry Jones. Jerry Jones the same way. He don't give a damn about yeah. black players. He only not care about the that, players. He could that's do the, so the that's
0: the extent of him caring. I, if, black, white, whatever. Yeah. If you can help me win, that's all I care about.
2: Yeah, that's it. And, that, and that's one of the reasons why yeah. I wish the black athletes would wake up. Understand, go to an institution who actually not only cares about them as football players, but cares about them as individuals. Like, there were times at Alabama State, you know, I, I wasn't uh, a student athlete or anything there, but, you know, I had some professors, like, when I was struggling in class, you know, they would uh, pull me aside and things like that. You know, if I miss something, miss something time, time to time, you know, <laughs> I got into a bit of a partying binge at one point. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I was struggling on something like that. You know, they pulled me aside without me even yeah. seeking help, you yeah. know, trying to get me on the right track. But – Wait a minute, they wait a minute. I got to say one this thing
1: said. regarding to that. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I'll, I, I got to disagree on the, on this one simple fact. Like – Dabo Sweeney, yeah, you can say whatever you want, but that doesn't lead to every, 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 every coach that may be white that may that may not feel that way about his players, though.
0: Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. and I, I don't, I don't think that. No, I ain't saying that. Uh, t- yeah, I don't think that's Terrence's point. I get what I just no, that I The
1: Point is, I just wanted to throw that in there.
2: Okay. I mean, you know, you, you interrupted me while I was making a point, and I was finna to say that the professor I was talking about he was white, <laughs> you know. So you know, I, I ain't saying that. I ain't saying that just because all white coaches feel yeah. like I'm talking about Devil Sweeney, exclusively. I'm. I'm talking about that scumbag. I ain't talking about no other coach. I ain't talking about none of them. You know, cause hey, I got a few. I can talk about really, but I'm talking about this bad right now. And, we thank go you. ahead, Jeff. Um, I'm gonna
0: let you get the something thing with Dabo. You know, and you you said <laughs> it a good three, four times. Like the first word that came to my mind, uh, to with him is smugness. He's so smug, and I don't honestly, when it comes to certain things in life, I really don't mind arrogance, but to me. There's a there's a difference between a coach like Dabo that's arrogant and a coach like um, Nick Saban that's arrogant. You know, I, Nick Saban. Yeah. And yeah. I know they made this point on um, Undisputed also, but Nick Saban wouldn't wear a Football Matters shirt. And so the thing the thing of it is, I don't even want to see no. him say no. that Dabo Sweeney is racist because. In my mind, I pray that he's not. But honestly, if he was, it wouldn't shock me. Because you know what? It's like, it's almost like the owners in the NFL having a a plantation mentality. Some of these football coaches in college have a slave owner's mentality. And it's, I don't want to, yeah, make that representation of Dabo, but I just—it's something about him where I'm just like, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah, and it's I think he is, but I don't—I don't, I don't want to too much assassinate his character like that. But just the type of coach that—he, excuse me—the type of coach he portrays himself to be in representing what he wants his. The type of men he wants players to be, you know, like you said, he goes into these, um, potential recruits' houses and homes and kitchens and different rooms. And I can do X, Y, and Z for your son, and you know, I can get your son drafted. Da, 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 da. No, he wants to use your son up, and and to win him a national title. <laughs> if they just so happen to get drafted, okay, that makes it look a little bit better, but to skate around the issues the way that he did and then to wear a Football Matters shirt on top of that. Dabo, because you won multiple national titles, you're not just a football coach. You're a football coach in addition to being leaders of men as people like to say now. You're leading young men. What type of young men are you going to What type of young men are these people going to be when they get ready to go to the pros? And guess what? We know most of them are not going to make it in the pros. So what are you helping mold them to be? You know, you, you, oh, you're, you're just a football coach. All right. And like you said, Terrence, you had a professor at Alabama state. I had a professor. He didn't do this for me, but he did it for one of my roommates. My roommate, I had a roommate that was struggling with a class. My this professor, and I actually had this professor myself, but he had him at a different time. He put my roommate, he wrote him out a literal schedule around his actual class schedule to help him with his study habits. They're not doing that at Clemson. They, you probably, you probably could, but guess what? You probably wouldn't (laughs) think in your mind at this university that my professor is gonna um talk to me outside of his office hours to help me with this. They do that at HBCUs. And this was a black yeah. this was a black man. Yeah. Um and, and so like you said too, I want these black athletes coming out of high school to take more to take HBCUs more seriously. Um because I, I think we that HBCUs could be in series contention to get major athletes, especially the time that we're in now. But nah, Dabo, you—you just full of it, to me. He, he's just absolutely full. He's—he's he's disingenuous. Mm-hmm. I've always said that about him. he he, he can coach. He can coach us behind. Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's not genuine. He's not real. He's only his realness comes to the football field. But in life, nah, I don't need no advice from you. Don't help me with—don't help me with life. But you can't.
2: Yeah. yeah. And to clarify, you know, when I say he's a racist, I have two forms of racism. You just overtly racist, where you know you don't like black people, or you don't like minorities. Period. Okay. And then you are a systematic racist, where you enjoy the fruits of racism, but you don't try to be associated with. And I, I, Dabo Sweeney is definitely a systematic racist.
1: All right, good good discussion. All right, now it's time for our next segment. Them people, 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 people. So, our first question tonight comes from Brandon Pettibone Williams, and his question was, what's the standard of beauty and are we brainwashed for what beauty truly is? Who wants to start off with that? Uh, I'll go. Um
0: uh, the standard of beauty for me personally is whatever you deem to be beautiful, because, um, like the saying goes, beauty is is in the eye of the beholder. Um, it's it's whatever you deem beautiful, whether it be a woman that wears makeup or not, or has long natural hair, or weed, whatever. Um, it's. It's just one of those things where it just comes down to personal preference um do i do i do I have a woman that wears weave no I don't do i would I mind it if she did It wouldn't bother me if she did. My wife has natural hair my wife she doesn't wear makeup on a regular basis does she put on makeup on occasion? Yes, she does and regardless of the makeup or not, she's always beautiful to me because of the way she carries herself. Her physical beauty is just a plus. <laughs> her, her, her physical beauty and her natural beauty is just a plus. But everything just kind of pops with my wife because of her demeanor and the way she carries herself as a lady. Um, just from a worldly or societal standpoint the standard of beauty is the white woman with long blonde hair that is bony damn near anorexic Um, or you know she has implants (laughs) or you know a fake butt or whatever see the Kardashian sisters Um, you know and the thing of it is what I do find interesting about this the standard of beauty um when it comes to white people in mo- some occasions, they like to bite on black people. You know, they want to take our style and they want to call it trendy or you know, they, they want to yeah, they, they want to mm-hmm. call it a fad, a fad you know, so it it's just Society has their own way of defining beauty. The world has their own way, and and I have mine. And I and I think most black people. It's not that we don't care, because I think we do, but we're not trying to look like we're not trying to be of the world, you know. So that's that's my that's my response to that.
2: Yeah. All right. Um. Uh... Now I'm gonna answer this question on twofold because it was like a twofold question. I'm correct. Uh, first, I want to reiterate what Jeff said. You know, beauty to me, uh, especially when it comes to a, a woman, is not basically it's not the clothes that she wears or the body that she has. It's the way she carries them. Um, it's the ambition in which she has for her career and things like that. I prefer honestly i prefer a lot most prefer women who don't wear makeup because you know i like the i like the natural beauty a- aspect of it honestly and you know it's some who have that natural beauty who who's able to showcase that it's some who have the natural beauty but they still run to the makeup products because they feel like that's the standard beauty that's required in order to be considered beautiful All right but um um
1: so What's ask, the standard ask me a question beauty again, and what- please. And are we brainwashed for what beauty truly is?
2: Okay, I want to focus on the second part. Are we brainwashed for what beauty is? That's this term called internalized racism. All right? Um, it is the term that's the, excuse me, it's defined as, uh emphasizes the internal racism involves both Conscious and unconscious acceptance of a racial hierarchy in which whites are consistently uh, ranked above people of color. You know, and I think we've been brainwashed to that we are inferior to white people. This this happened during the Jim Crow era and the Jim Crow uh, laws, and even way well before that. Um, you know, where the slave masters they separated us, our families, and Basically, like they demean our worth. Jane Elliott did this study with uh, young children. She did it with minorities and um, blue-eyed kids and, and brown-eyed kids, right? Um, she identified that you know that, that brown-eyed kid has a level of superiority, and over time, just to make the story short, um, you know, she saw that. Um, those who were deemed superior, they became more arrogant, bossy, and otherwise unpleasant to their inferior classmates, while the inferior classmates became timid and subservient so- to the other ones. And that's exactly what happened to us as black people. You know, they bred us and they taught us self-hatred of ourselves. They taught us that we were inferior compared to them. And that just trickled down for each generation, a generational curse. And that's the reason why most of the time, you know, you see these women. Uh, you know, not these days. There's been like an alignment, but you see, most of these black uh, black sisters try to get weaves, make their hair longer than what they are, or they try to, you know, they flat iron their hair and things like that. Because the standard of beauty in America is somebody with straight hair, and uh, you know, and I, I I'd be happy to see these sisters who have like natural hair and thing like that. You know, for a while, it was, an annoying, it was an annoying little movie. You grew up. <laughs> but, but you know, yeah. I I love it. I love it, man. Like, I, you know, I see different the different ways they have it, the different curls and styles. Like, it's just amazing the things they can do with their hair. I find it more beautiful and more versatile than any other. And the thing about it is we don't realize, I think we still don't realize the inherent beauty yeah. that we as black people have. I mean, you see a lot of white people they really try to be like us. Oh, that's why a lot of them get tanned. You know, because our skin complexion, it, well, most of us have like, you know, good skin complexion, um, you know, golden skin, thing like that. And, you know, it's a beauty in that skin color. And then why a lot of them get tanned because they want that beauty. So I, I, I think that we have been brainwashed through oppression over the years and through, all our 401 years of uh, racism and cap and uh, enslaver, ensla- in, in excuse me, enslavement and in, in serv- no, indentured servitude and all that. So, yeah, but I think we're just not getting to a place where we're understanding the beauty of our culture, the beauty of our yeah. ourselves, the beauty of our skin, the beauty of yeah. uh, our women. You know,
1: well, for me, it's got nothing to do with looks. It's all about how you carry yourself. Like everybody doesn't, you know, carry themselves, you know, the same as everybody else. But it's funny because I remember in college I had a professor that always tried to make it seem like the media tried to, you know, portray, you know, women in particular, like if you if you weren't a size, if you weren't a size like six or whatever the case may be, is if you was above that, then you were considered obese and you were like. And I keep trying to tell people like, you know, when there's there's no qualifications or there's not a list of requirements of what beauty is. It's about how you just look at the person and, you know, how... Not only how they carry themselves, but how their behavior is, how they act, and how they and and how you classify yourself. that's like for me what the biggest turn on is, and I'm fortunate enough to have found somebody that who I can look at every way, shape, or form, and just say, you know that she's beautiful, so that's my take on it.
3: I hear you, Jason yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: boy, we can't we get married away. next we year, y'all. Right. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you better be thankful for her. In a woman, can we really do this here?
1: We really gonna do this here. <laughs> nope, I think we should move on to the next one <laughs> All right. Okay, next question is coming from uh, Makita Collins and this is really interesting so Be Simone, as many people may know on the show and Out um, she had mentioned a comment that she will not date a man who has a 9 to 5 she wants to date or be with somebody that's an entrepreneur, you know, the same way she is. So what are your thoughts on that? And see, Harvey, I know. I, oh, take, Jeff, go I,
0: ahead. I, I'll take it because I think Terrence is probably going to go more in than I am. But I was looking forward to this, one too. Anyway, um. <laughs> I, I did find these comments <laughs> very interesting and I actually, I had, to ask, I had to ask my wife who B. Simone was because I, I was not too familiar
1: and
0: <laughs> when she told me who she was and <laughs> she was on Wilding Out I said, like, oh, she's not really she's not, she's not in my age range. So I, I kind of had to think about this, but the comments, they just came off as real shallow. And that's not to say that you can't Mm. have a preference of what you want, because guess what? We all have a preference. So in that regard, I don't think she's wrong to state how she feels. That's how she feels. But this notion that the way it comes off is that a, a nine to five is not good enough. And most people that I know that have a nine to five job is that have a nine to five job their job is not nine to five. They put in way more work than what is actually required. But I get what she's also saying. You're only getting paid for these eight hours. But here's the thing about that. If my nine to five is supplying me enough I can take care of what I need to take care of, for me, and if I'm matching your pockets... The way that I work or what I do really shouldn't matter. So, you know, I I just thought that those comments were really shallow uh, and actually stupid, but I just had to go back and think about who she was and how young she is, and I get that mindset. And another thing about it, not everyone has an entrepreneurial mindset. Everybody's not built to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody is meant to have their own business or have a business mindset. It would be great if we all could, but not everybody is built that way. So for her, she just needs to find somebody that has the mind mindset that she's looking for. But to say that you just won't date somebody uh, that has a nine to five, I bet you, I bet you she'll date somebody. I bet she'll date somebody that has a nine to five that works hard, makes good money, and treats her right. And if she told me that she wouldn't, then you a bold faced lie. So so that that's that's my response.
1: All right, go ahead, see Harvin. I'm pretty sure you want to put her on a scumbag list too, so go ahead. You no, know, see No, she like, don't
2: she don't even deserve to be acknowledged, period. You know, like <laughs> I don't even know who to have, wait a minute, wait a minute did, I, know, I always, do y'all, see, do y'all about not watch Wildin' Wild Out at all? oh, oh dang. yeah, but I don't watch for bum
0: bitches like her I, don't, oh, I, I haven't me. watched it I haven't watched it consistently I'm sorry we'll
2: years, start. So nah. yeah, when I, mean, I did watch it like, yeah. care about them side characters Is that what she was? If, if I don't know her name, that means she's a side character <laughs> And nobody cares about side characters. Okay? But the bottom line is, okay, one, you know, I can't necessarily blame her, cause I mean, you know, if you somebody who who consider yourself elitist, then uh, you know, of course, the snobbing you will want somebody who you perceive to be just as elite as you. You know, that I have no problem with that. But the problem where I have is when you try to yeah. degrade the common working man while while you talking about this like it's fine if you have your preference that's fine just say what you prefer but don't try to cast aspersions on people who work hard every day to make a living for their families then they're, they're no less than the person you cons- you consider superior especially with your entrepreneur spirit or whatever okay you know yes i mean yeah exactly during the pandemic you have of people, I looked at a video on Facebook the other day. It broke Ooh, my heart. was at the Academy, Alabama State, had a whole lot of people wrapped wrapped around the fence,
3: mm-hmm.
2: wrapped around the fence, uh, for unemployment.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, that's the doggone shame. And you out here just killing folks who got a job, a a, a regular man who have a job. That's a, that's the a doggone shame. And you know what, and women like that, they deserve the kind of men they get. There's a lot of women out there who like that. There's a lot of women who grew up um, you know, poverty poverty in poverty or, you know, in the middle class and things like that, but they want to consider themselves higher than others and you know, and while you know while stepping on other people to make themselves elite. You know, it's it's a lot of women like that. And those women, and nine times out of ten those women get what they they deserve. They get what they ask for. When they go, these dudes who they feel have money, they dog them out, treat them like trash, and then cast them aside. And then they looking for some money from some other dude until they get passed around to do from dude to dude and what they, just to get money. And
0: then when they figure, and that's out, what she is. Hmm, maybe the person with the nine to five might be my best bet because he actually treats me well because he doesn't Hell. have to hold money over my head or. He doesn't have that mindset of, oh, I can pretty much buy her because I make X millions of dollars or X, you know, six figures or whatever. It's just, it just goes back to Jack's the mindset. And like you said, uh, Terrence, as far as the nine to five, the person with a nine to five basically is not good enough. Well, don't look for them, don't look for them. Yeah, when you get passed around like you said, Terrence. Don't come
2: crying. Don't go. Don't go to Instagram talking about how you've been dogged
3: out.
2: Yeah. Don't. don't uh, yeah. Come out. Well, good men out there and this and that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. All right. Well, my take basically is, I lost a little bit of respect for her for saying that due to the fact not only because of what's going on with COVID nineteen and all that, but here's my thing. If she's talking about she won't date a man who works a nine to five, then clearly she forgot where she came from. Oh, oh, because she—I mean, entrepreneur and all this and that—I—I I get that. She, you know, she didn't get to where she's at, you know, o- overnight. I mean, yes, yeah, she may have, you know, worked hard at some point. I mean, I—I I mean, I didn't even know who the heck she was until she joined the show, and I mean, I—I I can't. I, I don't watch Wild, not religiously but I but I know the people that are on there and what they do and all that stuff and you know for her I mean you know I'm I'm pretty sure that people that watch the show can say looks had a huge part to deal with that and all that but you know for you know a lot of women her, that you know when, when you want somebody that That you know, entrepreneur, this or that, whatever the case may be, I'm like, that just tells you right there that the 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 last thing you're gonna look at is, you know, the the person and you know what type of qualities they have, this and that, whatever the case may be. So it's like, you know, you out here making, you know, if, if you were, you know, making millions of dollars, whatever the case may be, you know, somebody can come to you and be like, you know, why are you with this person? Well you know, he he makes a lot of money. It's like, yeah, so it's got nothing to do with looks. It's got nothing to do with personality. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just tacky and, and, you know, tacky and childish. So for her to even come off like that, I mean, that's not, you know, that's not a good look. And I'm pretty sure the, um, and she, it's actually funny because now, you know, while now they like to, you know, joke on people and their personalities and their behavior. So I'm pretty sure now the jokes are going to be, you know, flooding in when it comes to her and she ain't got nobody to blame for herself. Yep. So that's my two cents on it. <laughs> All right. Now yep. we on to our last topic of the night. Unpopular hey, no, opinion. No, no, no. Hey, the... Who wants to kick it off this week?
0: My unpopular opinion this week is um it, it's about apologies. Um and hmm. the my opinion is, people that accept no accepting BS apologies only after you get caught. Like, what's the purpose? And and I and I and I get being <laughs> sorry, but you're not sorry for what you did or what you said. You're sorry that you got caught. It's like the kid that gets caught with his hand in the cookie jar. You when your mama catches you and you know you're not supposed to be in that cookie jar, the first thing they want to scream because they know they're about to get popped, is I'm sorry, you're not sorry, you just got caught. So, of course, this kind of goes back to uh Drew Brees and, and and the NFL, you know, basically saying that Kaepernick and the other players were right. I I want people racist included. Stand by your racism. Stand by what you say, because in this world that we live in, we've gotten so accustomed to fakeness. We've gotten accustomed to just accepting apologies filled with BS, and it's it's like, and and, and could Drew could Drew Brees and a few months, could he truly be sorry for what he actually said as far as players kneeling for the play? He really, really could be. But don't tell me that you're sorry two days after uh, you said it or the day after you said it, because we know you're not. You're only sorry that you got caught. Now, my real issue is those of us that accept it. Why are you accepting this nonsense? Why is black people do we have to and I'm not even talking about just forgiveness. I understand about forgiveness but accepting of an apology. No you're not sorry. I don't don't tell me that you're sorry. Show me by changing you know you know people you know and, and I've been apologized to about in certain things in my life and you know I've been able you to accept my apology no I don't actually I don't. And what I've had to figure out is that's actually okay to not accept that apology. I don't know how we move forward from this, but if you want this situation fixed, you got to be the one that tries to fix it. It ain't up to me. It's not. It's not up to black people yeah. to fix what's going on in um, in America. Um, with injustices we can't do that we can give suggestions but we can't be the actual catalyst for change these white people these lawmakers they have to be the catalyst for change we can do our part and go this kind of goes back to when you talk about holding your vote Terrence. the part that we can do is that we can vote but you know what i'm so sick of them too and my thing with them is all right, cool. If you ain't going to vote, shut up. If you're going to vote, make that your prerogative. Go out and vote, you know. But this apologizing, this, this these apology tours that uh, players and coaches and whomever else is going on, I don't need that. Just show me that you're going to change. And us as black people, man, stop accepting these sorry, sorry behind apologies. I ain't, I ain't with that no more. I just, I'm over that. I want America because I have to live in America. I just want it to be better. I don't want another George Floyd. I don't, man. That was that was just so horrific. And I didn't know how we would go forward after that. I'm still loving these peaceful protests. I'm glad we're over the looting and the rioting, but I'm all for the protesting. Because it seemingly, from the surface outside looking in, it seemingly seems like it's helping. But I just, I want it to continue because Mm -hmm. our voices have to be heard. And we just gotta stop with this nonsense. I'm sorry. I'm 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 mm-hmm. sorry for my racist behavior. Now you're sorry you got caught. Mm-hmm. Now your Facebook post or your Snapchats, or your Instagrams mm-hmm. are got screenshotted, and you about <laughs> to lose your job. You're not sorry. You just got caught you're standing your racism. Go help. Go let your white friends help you get another job.
2: Yep.
0: Except the consequences. Absolutely. Yeah. except the consequences. That's my unpopular opinion.
2: All right. Well said, Jeff. And I, of course, I 100% agree with you. Uh, You know, it's something we've been echoing this whole show. All right. Uh, If there's no objection, I think I'm going to go next. All right. My unpopular opinion tonight. Okay. At first, I was going to double down on my unpopular opinion from last week. But this time I was just going to focus solely on how overrated Beyonce is. And, you know, and what enraged me more was the fact that I seen that she's in talks to be a black person, too, which I find utterly ridiculous. But that's not my unpopular opinion. That's not my unpopular opinion tonight. My unpopular opinion is centered around these hold the vote idiots. Say it with me, America. Say it with me again. Hold the vote, idiots. Okay. My problem with that is one: the messenger in which who's sending this message, uh, namely P.D. Puff that he did, he put him down, whatever the hell he's going about these things. And uh, I've seen Nick Cannon too. Okay? Let me tell you one thing about those two guys. They rich. Hold, hold your vote. It don't affect them. Vote. It don't affect them. They rich. Rich people are always going to be on top. Always. As long as they have money, they're going to be on top. So it don't affect them. Voting does, the, vote, the voting legislation, things like that don't affect them. It don't affect them when you have a secretary of education who's trying to privatize education and give uh, giving taxpayer money to parents of private schools for stipends. It don't affect them because they rich. And number two, let me tell you about your boy P. Diddy. If members served me correct, in the past, he's engaged in a, a campaign called Rock the Vote. Anybody remember that? Rock the vote was encouraging voting, right? Excuse me. Was that during
1: Obama it term was. or after Obama it term? Was. When, when, when was? And he had the he had the voter die one too, didn't he? Exactly. So the what's vote. changed? Yeah, voter die.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, voter die. So how do we mark from Rock the vote, the voter die? to hold the vote. As good as mine, man. Huh? What happened? And, and not to mention, this is a time that we need to vote. Because yep. we got Trump in there, man. Come on. All right, you know, so let's, let's. I'm going to move on about these idiots. Let's talk about, okay, yep. these states, namely Georgia, they engage in voter suppression. Why do they do that? What's one of the reasons why they do that? Because there is power in the black vote. We don't realize it, but there's power in the black vote. As long as we don't vote, they can keep those same people in there to continue the cycle of voter suppression. They can keep the same people in there to keep their same agendas going, to keep their same uh, positives going. Like, Brian Kemp is the, is the governor now, but his his same positives is in there because we got a Secretary of State yeah. that's basically running his same playbook. So he runs his same policies, right? Now, if we had to vote a different Secretary of State, then you know, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe somebody that let's say looked like us or something like that, then we would be able to change the policy. But as long as you're not voting, you're keeping these same people in their cycle of um, their cycle of suppression and their cycle of frankly systematic racism. The only way this stuff is gonna change is we get people who look like us in office. But how are we gonna do that? Are we gonna do that by just sitting on our ass not voting? No. At the end of the day, why I call these whole the vote people idiots and why I feel like the, the notion is so idiotic, because it's self-destructive for any cause you're trying to affect. We sit here doing protests about police brutality. Okay. This has been going on forever, right? So if we hold our vote, while we actually have a movement going and we might be susceptible to get people in there who could affect the change, but you're talking about holding the vote. <laughs> in the midst of protest? you're talking about holding the vote.
0: Very ironic about those that feel that way. You want us to actually not vote in an in an election year while we're protesting for change? Wh- wh- where's the consistency there? Yeah, you know,
2: yeah, you you, you self destructing your own cause. How, how's that saying go? You uh, you bite off your nose to spite your face. I'm protesting. What the hell the you doing? I'm protesting, but I'm not gonna vote. you Change.
0: Woo. Okay. Oh.
2: Yeah. I'm protesting for change, but I'm, I'm protesting for change, but I won't vote for change. And, you know, like I said, self-destructing any cause you're trying to affect, okay? And, and the fact is, you know, I harp on it. Like, I just find it so disheartening that you have people who just sat there and let themselves get beat on because they actually tried to vote so that subsequent generation so that they have the right to vote and the subsequent generation will have the right to vote it's fine if you don't want to vote that's fine just shut the hell up about it don't go around trying to convince other people not to vote if if, if that's what you're going to do you live with what you're going to do but don't try to affect anything around you because you have the idiotic notion that not voting is better than actually doing something And you know, the or at least trying to cut you off of what I find
0: interesting. Um, I don't even think a lot of the issue is um, in the city or the metro area of Atlanta. I think most of the issues come kind of close to where you are, Terrence, in the the southern part of the state, or and not even just the southern part, but those Mm -hmm. rural, rural areas, even certain parts of North Georgia and I and I do understand that probably more so in the northern part of the state it's probably a lot more red but even with it being a little bit more red you still have those that can um, have a voice and if you and the thing of it is it's really about looking at who your candidates are I don't even really have a too much of an issue with those that don't know really who to choose between Biden and Trump. I'm not so much concerned about the presidential it, as far as who to pick for president. I'm more so thinking about the local
2: mm-hmm. the Senate race
0: yeah local the Congress the local like you said the local um even the judges like where we live um we live in Gwinnett county. We, one of my church members is running for a court seat here. And so that's what made voting real for me. Now, I don't know what the results were, but if he wins this primary, of course I'm going to vote for him in the um, general election, in the presidential election. So, you know, but that affects me locally. And that's the thing. I know this person he looks like me. He's older than me. Mm-hmm. But I've had personal conversations with him. My wife knows him. I have family members that actually know him, not yeah. on a super personal level, but he can tell us what's going on in the court system and how it works. So there's a direct correlation with somebody who can have a positive effect on my life or the life of my future children whenever they come. So it's it's just a thing of knowing those right people who have your, not just personal interests, but best interests and what's going to be a positive uh, impact in your uh, environment. So.
2: Yeah. And then the thing about it is, the voting thing is bigger yeah. than just Joe Biden and Trump. You consider it ain't just who the president is. The president yeah. appoints people to be over things. You, the secretary of education, whoever he choose for that. Yeah. Uh, the secretary of defense and all that. It's you take all that stuff into consideration too. I mean, I mean personally, like the secretary yeah. of education is a disaster yeah. right now. She's an absolute disaster. You know? So I mean and then people want to talk about okay, we ain't vote for Biden because of this crime bill he supported in nineteen ninety four. Okay. So name me name me something that Trump has yeah. done that's worse than that. And then the fact is, like, you know, I mean I'm hey, I'm not all the way a Biden guy, but at the same time we have a president who's a threat yeah. to the entire world, like literally. I'm willing to I'm willing to take a risk on anybody but him. I wouldn't give a damn if it were two Republicans running. I wouldn't right. vote
0: for Trump. And I think that was the other thing that's kind of annoying about it too. The Republicans didn't even have anybody that wanted to try to run against him. And it it and that's what's kinda of weird. But you know, apparently, who he's who uh they want, and so all right, we gotta not we, but the democrats have to send their best. And and I ain't even saying Biden is the best, but like you said, God, it's give me Biden over him, you know. I, I just and I don't even say that with the most confidence, <laughs> yeah. but it's just like, all right. And and I read an article a, a few minutes ago. Trump is starting his campaign, restarting his campaign on Juneteenth in Oklahoma, where the massacre occurred.
2: <laughs> you know, oh, these people are idiots, man. These old, old folk. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but they 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 gloss over that they gloss over that. I mean, it's a it's a you'll be surprised. It's a good amount of black people probably as well. I, I and out I, of I idiotic notions too, right. not nothing factual well, idiotic
1: notions. My real, opinion on, tonight, Jason? and it's been bothering me for like couple couple weeks now actually, but it, no. What's that? You agree with me about? Uh, no, real I, I can I can care less for either one of them. Anyway, <laughs> so here's here's my here's my deal. Like you know, I oh, live in Lord. San Antonio, Texas, and I get it that you know, you know, schools you know let out early and all this and that because of COVID nineteen and all that stuff, but. I just can't believe that I'm seeing like all these signs put up in people's yards from people graduating from elementary school and middle school. Like I don't understand. I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I'm serious, and <laughs> it's, like, it's like you know, congratulations, such and such, like you know, fifth fifth grade, and and, and I'm like. It's elementary and middle school like that. Like that's those are standards. That's a must. You know, we get like high high school, yes, go all out. College, yes. The, like high school and college it, or, or like the ultimate like ultimate achievements uh, because not, not everybody graduates from high school. Not everybody may, may graduate from college and, and such. But I'm like, look, oh,
2: everybody graduated from fifth grade but
1: but that's what i'm saying i'm like this this, like this is fifth 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 grade i love it that we're talking about and 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 i'm gonna tell you something that really caught my eye so i was out and about one day and like i saw it it was like a like a really 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 nice neighborhood so i could see it like had it had a huge driveway and I'm looking, I'm seeing all these cars. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? And I literally saw a graduation in a driveway. In a driveway. And I heard the first talk is like, congratulations, oh. Jeremy, you have just not completed the oh, fifth no.
0: grade.
3: I'm like, was,
1: what
0: the was that, was it? Oh, it was, OK. It was elementary school. OK.
1: Oh, Now, I get it because, you know, COVID 19 and all this, Uh but but, but I'm like, look, people are getting over, like, going overboard with this. I mean, when I graduated fifth grade, we had, you know, we had a ceremony at the school and then we got our certificate and then that was it. Middle school, we, um, same thing, had a ceremony and then we went out to Chili's and ate and then that was it. I'm like, I'm like, come on, people. <laughs> like you did, like wrong. Like when we have kids and all this and that, yeah, but it but it, I'm I'm just one of those people that just feels like certain certain things require, you know, big blowout, you know, open house, whatever the case would be. But graduating from fifth grade and you know, elementary school and middle school don't count in my opinion. I mean, folks are just. I mean, it's just they're just going, going like seriously, well, going overboard and going to war. You know, it. I, I I don't know. I don't know. And then it's like people got signs and all all this and that. I I even think I saw a couple, a couple banners put up. And I'm like, I'm like, come to it at least high school. Or college. I'm like, I'm like, really like, we're like we're we're getting excited for for middle school and elementary school graduations. Like that's that's what that's what is I I don't know if that if, if that was a thing. And, and what surprised me is, what surprised me about that is. I've, been, I, You know, I've been in Texas for about oh, a year man. now. I never saw this anywhere in Alabama, and I damn sure didn't see this in Michigan. I'm just like, geez, I get so mad. I drive by Stiles. I just want to take them Stiles' food in my car and drive away.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah.
2: Oh man! Oh man! I definitely, I definitely agree. That's what I'm, At the end of the day, you just you oversaturate, you ruin right. key moments in life because you begin to deal out of everything. So by the time you get high school, it don't mean that you Exactly, have it's like, 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 a, ki- like, you like kindergarten, and preschool. School, I mean,
1: those are cute <laughs> and stuff. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, boy. Mm.
2: Yeah. I you know, even I I I had this same point like so long because I remember I look at pictures, you know, in kindergarten they had a graduation. They're talking about caps and gowns and everything. And then I you know, I look about like that's so stupid because we just started. <laughs> we just started. Why the hell are we having a graduation? We just started school. <laughs>
0: They literally took naps for an hour or two a day.
2: Jason, back when we were in kindergarten. Yes! And be- you, I you wearing a camera gown for that shit. <laughs> Jason, you got the best... You, yes. hands down have the best and unpopular piece
0: Jason, <laughs> I 1,000% agree. And what annoys me about it is the fact that they're calling these things graduation. one when- when i when I got out of oh. grade, it was literally called a promotion or a pro- promotional exercise. We didn't have no cap and gown like I <laughs> yes like I wore a suit, you know whatever there was there was no cap and gown when I finished middle school, you notice I said finish middle school they didn't even have we didn't even have a promotional ceremony. They told us get out like they didn't have ceremonies out of middle school so when I'm here when I hear students or younger kids say yeah my graduation is Friday and I look at them I said graduating from what uh fifth grade or I'm graduating from eighth grade that's not a graduation and Terrence like you said by the time they get to high school they feel like they've already graduated two or three times if you talk about kindergarten or pre-k they won't look forward to graduating from high school why They've gone all out for these ceremonies. They got these huge signs in their yards or, you know, bumper stickers on the car. Whatever, you know, huge stickers on the car. And and don't get me wrong. I totally understand being proud of your child and whatever they accomplished. You're supposed to be. You root your child on. But I'm not going above and beyond and celebrating my child for being promoted from the fifth grade. It's the fifth grade. You should be promoted. You should also be promoted from middle school, even though middle school is harder. Like you said, Jason, you go all out for the high school graduation. And you might go out all out because that, that student may decide not to go to college. They may go to the military or they may take up a trade. Nothing wrong with that at all. But to literally celebrate these kids from... To go from eighth grade to ninth grade, your formal education ain't over. This is so it's not a true accomplishment, graduating from fifth grade. And is it a minor accomplishment? Yes. Does it need to be called a graduation or does it need to be an actual graduation? No. Do something at the house, take them out to eat, be done with it.
1: And mm-hmm. Yeah, and to fin- finish up, to finish up my point, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying yep. that, you know, that. Look, parents can do, can do whatever the heck they want. I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying that when it comes to that type of stuff, it's not, it's not yep. that serious. Like, you know, T. T. Harvey, you, I mean, you got kids, you know, me and me and Jeff, you know, not yet. Like, I got no problem. You know, doing my part when it comes to them making achievement or whatever. But I'm not going to turn something small and then just make it make it right. big because it it like society is raising it as as a big deal. Like I I that's a that's almost like that's almost like um mm. like sports related for a second. Yeah. Um, and I think James Harrison said it best. Like you know like you you come in second place but yet yeah, you get a trophy it's like what you you like they give me the trophy to losers in second place now
0: <laughs> wait a minute i was literally i'm literally mm-hmm. writing in my notebook right now about participation trophies
2: and <laughs> hey, you know what's funny about it is it's just so prevalent man i was on a rant about that like, like all these kids getting the stain down trophy, and my son was a soccer team. i like, man, this sucks. I can imagine. I'm like, this your sucks. Face, man. Even last oh night, my i was, I was playing. Oh, I was cutting up. I was up. Uh, <laughs> I was showing out as in. Nah, even last night, I was playing Uno you know, with my church, both of my boys. Right, I won first place, and then my son here, when yeah. he, you know, they continue playing the other two, and he. He won the second round, and he was just celebrate. I'm like, man, if you don't sit down, you, you lost. You weren't first place. So you weren't first place. I so mean, you lost. Yeah. that's nothing to be yeah. caring about. I told You know, that. when we all yeah, play in phase thing. 10, that's going to be a war. <laughs> a little
1: arch enemy. Oh, yeah. Don't you see Harvey?
2: A war that I usually win. I know I don't. I don't have no archen because I usually win.
1: Good comments after
2: that one. Oh boy! Well, all
1: right, guys. I think that concludes <laughs> our seventh episode. Excellent job. We'll be. We'll see y'all next week with episode eight. Go ahead and keep your uh questions coming to either myself, Jeff or T. Harvey. We'll be sure to answer them. So has anybody else got anything to add before we wrap up? Oh, All right. Awesome. We're we signing off. Oh. We'll see y'all next week. I wanna know.